everybody. Another edition of the Beehive with Brendan. Alright. Yeah, so today, this session, you know, I really want to focus on stomach issues. You know, and this can be, this doesn't have to be specific to an individual with stomach issues, whatever their diagnosis is or symptoms are. You know, those of you that maybe have other underlying conditions, you know, maybe they cause stomach issues. You know, diabetes, you know, another type of diagnosis that may have a ramification and cause stomach issues. So, you know, I'm kind of going to just go over, I guess, some exercises and some ways to really improve the things that you can control if you do suffer from stomach issues. You know, there are two examples of specific illnesses, so to speak. You know, they're categorized under IBD, or irritable bowel disease. And there's also kind of underneath that, not as much of a diagnosis as IBS or irritable bowel syndrome. Those are more symptoms of somebody that certain foods or you know, certain specific types of products can cause a upset stomach. Um, but IBD, the two at play with IBD are Crohn's disease an ulcerative colitis. Now, in no way, shape, or form am I a gastroenterologist or a practicing physician to really, you know, break down any sort of X's and O's, so to speak, of, of how the clinical side works, but I'm a patient. You know, I'm an individual that suffers from IBD. I am an individual that has Crohn's disease, and I've had it for going on 10 years, no more, more like 12. Um, just a quick back, you know, backstory or history is when I was in my early to mid 20s, you know, I was going through a pay, uh, period of my life where it was shitty, <laughs> pun strongly intended. It was very, very shitty, you know. I'm in a very important time period of my life where I'm entering that stage of, well, going through college and graduating, looking for a quote-unquote real-world job, bouncing from job to job, you know. I was lucky enough to graduate with a bachelor's degree in business administration, but when you're going on Indeed and you're searching for related jobs, nine out of every ten are going to be sales jobs, so it's difficult. Anyway, I digress. But how that factors in is, here I am, bouncing from job to job. A lot of these jobs involved driving and door-to-door -door sales of products that nobody wants to even sniff. Um, worrying if wherever I go, is there a Hannaford or a supermarket that I can run in and use their bathroom if I need to? It sucks. 
So eventually, you know, I think it was going on over a month of just continual stomach issues. Um, you know, these are <laughs> these are things that may be embarrassing for a lot of people to talk about. It was for me, especially that part of my life. Early 20s into mid-20s. You don't want to talk to anybody about, oh man, I just shit like 20 times today. You know what I mean? But that's what the reality was. It was nonstop diarrhea. As soon as the food touched my tongue, it felt like I was racing to the bathroom. And I'm talking 15 to 20 times a day. Now, not only was it this ongoing releasing of my bowels, I'll try to use as pretty of vocabulary as I can for this, it's tough. Um, you know, it wasn't just that. It was every time I was going, there was blood. So do the math here. 15 to 20 times a day, every time you're going to the bathroom, it's a sea of red. Fire engine red on the toilet paper every time. What, what the fuck is going on, right? Went to my primary care doctor. They did a bunch of tests, some that I'm not too fond of. Couldn't really find anything. You know, my parents at the time, they had a GI doctor that they see for their own routine stuff and things like that, and they have their own history of different non-as uh, dangerous types of symptoms. So they were able to get an appointment on the books with their GI doctor, which was a little bit of a further drive. Um, but I was patiently waiting for that. They were very backed up, so something that wasn't a problem for me, apparently, right? So I was waiting, I was waiting, I was waiting. They were going to get me in, probably do eventually do a colonoscopy just to see what's going on in there. And we'll talk about the ever-so-pleasant colonoscopy procedure <laughs> a little bit more later. But... I think I was about a week away from finally having that appointment with the GI specialist who was going to get some serious answers, and the symptoms were just not slowing down. You know, and, and with this, not only this occurrence of frequent bathroom use, and it was really impacting my day-to-day -day life, you know, out in the workforce, still not knowing what the fuck I wanted to do with my life, but this wasn't helping. You know, also, it, it wasn't it wasn't just the, the quote-unquote events or symptoms that were going on. It was severe stomach pains, and usually right before an event would happen, an event in the bathroom. And these weren't just cramps. These weren't just your typical stomach pains if you ate something real shitty and it's like, oh, my God, I'm regretting that Taco Bell last night. No, this was somebody taking a knife sticking it in your abdomen, and twisting. I didn't know what to do. You know, when, when a doctor says these tests come back fine and you're waiting to see a, an actual specialist about this particular area of your body, you're just waiting. You know, and you're stressed in between each time you have to run to the bathroom. When is it going to happen? Am I going to shit my pants, Right? There's nothing worse than you're at work, and in this case, I was dressed in a suit and tie every day going door to door. Could you imagine knocking on somebody's door, you introduce yourself, you shit your pants? 
Never happened, thank God. So anyway, about a week away from the GI appointment. And something was not right. It was it was an, uh, it was a weekend because I remember I didn't have to have work the next day. Still living at my, at my parents' house at the time, and uh, it was during the summer. So I know the Yankees were on, and I was getting ready to watch the Yankee game, and you know something just didn't didn't seem right. I felt a little weak, so I drank some Gatorade, instantly threw it up. You know, and this was the first time vomiting was really into the picture in this particular time of my life. So that was kind of a red flag. So I take my temperature, 101, I believe. So instantly we go to the emergency room. The emergency room is not a pleasant environment. I mean, obvious for obvious reasons, but it's just hectic. There's a lot of waiting, you know, and you're just sitting in like a triage room for what seems like forever. So eventually we get through all the checkpoints and I'm in this, like, I guess it's just a room in the emer- emergency room, you know what I mean? It's by myself, luckily. and um, So they're hooking up IVs, which, you know, an IV in itself for me is like a big thing because I I, I suffer from a needle phobia, especially when it comes to getting IVs and it's just I freak out at that particular area of, of them sticking a needle. So anyway, they get the they get the IV in, they give me some fluids. Um, you know, different doctors are coming in because of just being there so long. It's, it feels like I saw six different doctors. And, you know, eventually they were like, let's do a CT scan. Let's just see what's going on inside the abdomen area. So they wheel me in, they do the CT scan, and they must have seen a lot of just flare or, or inflammation in a particular area. And, and I was very close to them thinking I had appendicitis and them removing my appendix. Um, they thought it was that. However, it was not. So kind of a changing of the guard. They they don't worry about any sort of procedure like that. So I have this one doctor come in, and uh, they were they were really good. They were on top of it. They kind of had a, a feeling of what it was. So they were like, all right, let's admit them, and uh, the next day we'll do, a, we'll do a colonoscopy. So that happened. Um, and I will tell you, that was my first of what led to, to this date, m- several colonoscopies. Um, and none of them are pleasant, okay? For anybody out there that's, that's had them, they're, they're not fun, especially the day before. Um, the procedure itself, you're passed out, so it's, that's a non-factor. It's really the day before. So anyway, the, the, the breakdown of a colonoscopy, for those of you that don't know, is the day before you can't have solid foods. You can only be on like a clear liquid diet. So soups really are the only substance. Um, Clear liquids, not red, because a red will potentially falsely show your inflammation or bleeding. So you have to stay away from oranges, reds, anything that has a tint of red. Um, So you're on a clear diet. But that wasn't a problem. I was in the hospital. I was feeding off fluids. And appetite was not really a thing for me. I'd barely eaten days leading up to it. So it should have been a clean clean whistle uh, in there. But... So you have to drink this prep the day before, the night before, to really clean yourself out. Um, now, for those of you that just have a typical outpatient procedure and, and the several that I've had, you get your pick, and it's not so bad. You know, it's mixing this Miralax with a Gatorade or a Crystal Light, and you just got to muscle through it and continue to just keep clearing out, and you're fine. But they didn't have that in the hospital. They had this product called Go Lightly. 
um, and there was nothing light about it. Um, so nurses every so often were coming in, making sure I was drinking this, this go lightly, which I shit you not, tasted like I was drinking chlorine, pool chlorine that you pour into the pool to, to disinfect it. I felt like I was drinking that and I just kept vomiting it up because the, the taste was just, just strong, chemically, it was bad. It was bad. And I'm in a hospital room and there's, you know, I'm hooked up to two IVs at this point with medications to try to knock down the inflammation that they think is going on. And I can't get up to go to the bathroom every time. So they have this commode toilet seat next to my bed. And I have to pretend like I'm this, you know, I have an IV in each arm. I look like Pinocchio, like a, like a puppet trying to balance my way, flip from the bed to this commode, do what I got to do. And then in five minutes, I'll have to be back anyway, doing the same thing, clearing out. And the nurses kept being very, very pushy and borderline, like, telling me, what the fuck are you doing? You got to drink more. You got to drink more. You got to drink more. And I'm sitting there throwing it up. And I'm like, yo, I haven't eaten in three days. There's no solid foods in there. So I muscle through. The next day comes. They wheel me into the area or the GI department where they do the colonoscopies. They do what they got to do. And, you know, they ha- those are results that they get right away. Um, so at that point, I'm being wheeled out. The doctor's talking to me, but I'm kind of still out of it from the anesthesia. And I hear them kind of in and out, fading in and out, talking to my parents over there. And I heard my mom crying. Now... <laughs> My mom's a very, very strong, independent woman who maybe I've seen before this time cry once, maybe twice in my entire existence leading up to that. So I was worried. I was less worried about me and more worried about what the hell did they just tell her? So I was concerned and, you know, they were there with me and they were wheeling me back. I started coming to a little bit more from the anesthesia and being more alert, more aware of my surroundings. So I was talking to them. And they were, you know, my mom, I don't know if she disclosed the full details of what was told, but she said the doctor made it seem like the insides of your colon and your intestine, large intestine, were just charred. Like, like inflamed, like to the point of almost going into like a septic type of scenario. And and I don't know much, too much about that particular part of it but inflammation if it goes too long can eat away at your insides and then that spill you know that that colon is handling waste and if there's lack of a better word holes in your colon and that waste gets throughout your body it's poison to your insides so i was close to that point and it was crazy to hear you know it wasn't I didn't even know what to think. You know, I was kind of just still in shock. Um, I hated being in the hospital every second of it. Um, You know, I had people come and visit, and that was, you know, that was, it was great to see some of my friends, some family members, um, and they were huge. And I just remember thinking throughout the whole process, because I was there for a full week, um, and they were giving me steroids, anti-inflammatory medication, which I continued to take even being discharged. And, um, you know, I just remember seeing the looks on family members' faces and friends' faces, and they were worried. 
And here I was sitting, you know, I was sitting there and I was joking with the nurses and the doctors every time they'd come in, you know, like I was in control to a degree of, of how I felt. So, you know, I know there's times when I'm in the hospital or visiting somebody like a, like a loved one or, you know, I'm more nervous than probably I feel like they might be because you don't know what's going to happen when you're an outsider. It's weird because obviously I wasn't necessarily in control of everything. The medications were. But in my mind, it never crossed like, oh, my God, what could happen? What's going to happen? So I just continued on. You know, I started to feel better, of course. And I think they got to the point about a week in where... You know, they started to be like, all right, he can go home, he can, you know, and they came back with the results of the colonoscopy, they did some biopsies and and everything came back negative, so there was no, you know, cancer or anything like that, but, you know, they diagnosed me with, I mentioned one of the two earlier, they diagnosed me with ulcerative colitis, and really, the layman's definition of that is inflammation in the lower part of your GI tract, so your colon, your large intestine, that funnels out all the way to the end, specifically in that area. Um, So at the time, I was diagnosed with this disease that, shit, you know, 12 years ago, not many people knew much about, you know? Um, So I can't even imagine what it was like more than that long ago when people had stomach issues, but I had ulcerative colitis, and, and there wasn't much on that topic. You know, now we look at, TV commercials, and, you know, I I recognize that my ears perk up every time they're mentioning medications for treating ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease. It's like a, it's a much more, there's much more awareness to it, which, which I'm happy for, because I don't want anyone to have to go through what I did. Um, So, kind of as the path went on, I continued medications, oral medications, continued to regularly have colonoscopies and scopes and they weren't nearly like drinking chlorine i promise you it wasn't it wasn't that bad um flash you know flash forward to about five or six years ago from today you know i had a flare-up um minor symptoms a little bit of blood uh not nearly like it was the first time and went in with my GI specialist, they, they did a colonoscopy. They also did an endoscopy, which is really um, the same thing, and just down your esophagus, and they, they look at the upper part of your GI tract, so like your esophagus all the way through into your stomach and your small intestine, so more the upper part of it. And that's where the GI doctors noticed some inflammation up there as well and, and changed this diagnosis to Crohn's disease because, again, ulcerative colitis is only for that bottom portion of your GI tract in your body. Whereas Crohn's can be inflammation into your esophagus all the way down to the large intestine. So it was kind of flipped. You know, the treatment isn't really different. Um, You know, I continued on. They switched me to uh, currently for about five or six years now. I've been on Humira injections. I I give self-injections of Humira pen every week. Um, Knock on wood. Really, since the switch and, and over to Yamara, you know, I've I've been pretty much symptom free, um, and I continue to get checked out by my GI doctor, and we just keep monitoring. So, look, that's a brief history I did in about twenty minutes of my twelve-ish year time frame with a, a IBD, with stomach issues, a clinically diagnosed stomach issues. So, 
really, you know, there's a lot of management you have to do on your day-to-day, too. You know, I found that exercise, not only is exercise great for all aspects of your body, your physical health, you know, your your stamina, um, but it really helps, especially doing workouts that target your core, your abs, your back. It really can take a lot of that stress off of any stomach issues you have internally. It's amazing. Um, of course, diet. Of course, steady diet. And it's a really, it's a trial and error to a safe degree. Okay, like some of the triggers I've noticed were heavy chocolates. You know, I used to be somebody that would just shovel down Oreos. Or I used to go to Dunkin' Donuts and get a hot chocolate and two double chocolate uh, donuts. And, you know, I'd wonder why five minutes after I did that, I'd be running to the bathroom. Gee, I wonder why. You know, so really, I had to scale back on really a lot of chocolate. I, do I still enjoy chocolate every now and then or some ice cream? Of course I do, and it's it's a give and take. It's okay to have in small portions. Uh, spicy foods are another thing that I really have scaled back on. You know, I used to really like spicy foods, and it's something that I really had to adjust and, and really taper back a little bit. Um, Diet-wise, outside of those things and monitoring and limiting those two real areas, pretty much everything's on the table. You know, I can eat your Mexican food. People have this, you know, and it impacts people. I'm sure it does, you know. I mentioned the Taco Bell example earlier and kind of just in a, in a whim, but, you know, Mexican food actually, as long as it's not overly spicy, sits well. But that's me. You know, there might be someone listening to this that has IBD or has IBS or has a, just something else and they have stomach issues from time to time and they're okay with chocolate, but they're not okay with Mexican food or Italian food or, you know, whatever it is. You know, I think the, the biggest point I want to hammer home with, with this session is if you feel something, say something, you know? Bring it up to a primary care doctor. Like, hey, look, doc, I've just been, you know, I've been going to the bathroom a lot, or I've noticed that there's blood in, in my stool, or I have these bad stomach pains, or they come every so often. Even if it's not something that's slapping you in the face like it was me, shitting 20 times a day, seeing blood, and having twisting Swiss Army knife in my stomach, it, it can be a little bit decisive, too. Or deceptive, excuse me. It can be hidden there. And it's, it's never being too cautious to bring it up to a doctor. Now, a primary care doctor can only do so much, right? They, they can refer you to a gastroenterologist. And look, it doesn't necessarily mean, look, you tell them you have a stomach issue, they're going to r- run you in and do a colonoscopy, okay? I don't want to try to scare you with that. There's other scans that they can do, radiologies that they can do to see what's going on on your insides. You know, maybe you feel more comfortable talking to somebody else, not a doctor. Maybe you have a family member. Maybe you have a partner. Maybe you have a close friend and you're like, dude, I just blew up your toilet and I'm sorry, but it doesn't look good in there. You know, that person might know what to do next. I never get grossed out if somebody tells me, oh my God, I just shit my brains out. Sorry about that. Well, you know, my brain turns to worry. You know, I remember that was a small symptom. And I've referred people to to GI doctors or or get something checked out. You know, this is a topic that is very, very 
well, not only near and dear to my heart because for, for obvious reasons, but it's, it's something that's important. You know, I, I mentioned earlier a, a drastic measure of you could be self-poisoning yourself if you have stomach issues, and that waste could get filtered into your, into your insides and, you know, start impacting and, and really poisoning yourself. You know, that, that's, it's not good, and, and it's very quick acting once that happens. So if you feel something, it, it, you know, let somebody tell you, oh, no, you just have constipation. Or, no, it's just, um, you know, it's just regular diarrhea. Stay away from these foods, right? So that's my cautionary tale, is if you feel something, just say something to somebody. Say it to a close family member. Bring it up to your doctor. Get checked out. You know, because I let it go way too long, and it almost... It almost reared its ugly head in a very, very morbid way. You know, luckily I only spent a week in the hospital. And with medication, I'm back on my feet. So if you guys take one thing from this session, it's okay to speak up to somebody. Don't let a shitty diagnosis ruin your life. This is Brendan, signing off. Have a great rest of your day.